Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey everyone, what is up? Welcome to our Fightful Wrestling Slammiversary post show. Holy moly, what a night. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Denise Salcedo and joining with me today is none other than Steven Jensen. You guys all know him from the Twitch watch alongs where he watches Impact Wrestling on the Twitch channel and you guys also know him from the Weekender podcast on Fightful Select. So Steven, thank you so much for being here today. I mean, holy... <laughs> What a night. I don't even know where to begin. Um, Steven, what did you think of the show today? I thought overall it was a really good show. I mean, this is a thing, um, you know, for the last couple of years, I've been coming on here, me and Sean doing the post shows, you coming along with us. I know last time, like when you first came on with us for these, we had like the, the 360 view thing going on, our heads were all warped and stuff. So it's good to be here, like for real doing this with you, like without all the, the issues that we had that last time. And I always mention this, this on the post shows, like Impact Wrestling has the four big pay-per-views a year. You cover the uh, the monthly specials over on Impact Plus right here at Fightful. And they always create a lot of buzz for themselves at least four times a year. Like everyone's talking about them at least four times a year. So they have to be on point with, with what they bring on these big pay-per-views. And I think they really showed out tonight. I mean, we had fans back and it wasn't a ton of fans, but it was better than no fans. And um, overall, I think, I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, I think you really should have watched tonight, in my honest opinion. Well, you know what? I will say this, though. I don't th I think everybody kind of wants to know our reactions to the ending of Slammiversary, because I can guarantee that every single person watching was like, what the is going on I it was absolutely nuts like I wasn't coming on like I was gonna come on here and I was gonna say like oh this match rocked this match this but I feel because of the way the show ended in a cliffhanger where literally I had to go and tweet Sean be like what the hell is going on like somebody who's actually there and it's not like the live audience actually knows that the feed cut off so we're gonna talk about that and more uh here today but for everybody here who is watching the live stream 
FYI, please make sure to send in your reactions, your thoughts on the show. Send in any super chats. Not only do the super chats get your comments, your questions, or your statements read on the air, but they also help out the channel and make sure that myself and Steven get paid because uh, we're not all like Sean flying out to going out to Nashville and having a good time at the show, getting some TV time. Uh, so guys, make sure to send in some super chats while you're watching the show. So uh, we got a couple. We're going to kick it off with these and then we're going to kind of talk about that that finish and how we felt about that. So we have a super chat from Lorenzo Torres who says, great show. They showed Sean 100 billion times. Uh, Steven, how did you feel about having to see your boss on TV a million times? It was, it was, it was cool. It's funny because I, I knew he was in Nashville, obviously, and I saw his wife on screen before I saw him on screen. So I was like, oh, they got Sean's wife. Like, why isn't he right there? And then he was there for pretty much the rest of the show. Um, but it was cool. I was hoping he was going to make a run in, maybe be the, uh, be the special uh, mystery opponent in one of the matches. We didn't get that, unfortunately, but it was, it was good to see Sean out there being a fan because I know at least as long as I've known him, I don't think he's gone to a lot of live shows like as a fan. He's usually there working. So it's cool to see him just like in the crowd being a fan. So I like that a lot. Yeah, no reaction, Sean. I think I saw him react like two times. <laughs> uh, we also have another super chat from Matt Reichel who says, SRS with all the on-screen time, uh, hashtag dirt sheet boy. We have another super chat from Boris Nishavek. I hope I didn't mess up your last name. He says, Denise, on a one out of 10 scale, how loud did you swear when Impact cut the feed? I can't even tell you. Okay, so when... so. I'm really like, I'm, you know, I'm tweeting about this main event. I'm writing down my notes and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is a match of the year contender. And I'm really feeling it, right? And I'm thinking like, oh my God, Jay White is out. And, you know, we have this moment between Jay White, Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers and Don Callis. And you're thinking like, where are they going to go from this? And then the feed, okay, so before the feed comes cuts off, you see like a body running, but it is so fast that you can't make out who it is or what is happening. And then I just started seeing some glitches on the screen, like some gray, like it, it almost seemed like it was done on purpose and the impact logo. And then all of a sudden the pay-per-view is done. It is over and I'm thinking, was that done on purpose? This doesn't make sense. And I was like, what the frick just happened? I went on Twitter and I'm like, what the hell happened? And everybody is like retweeting and saying like, what the hell? People on the chat here say they feel cheated. Steven, what was your reaction to that cutoff? Do you think it was done on purpose? Do you think it was done accidentally? Because I think that it was an accidental uh, cut. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it has to be accidental. Like, back in the day, when I was growing up and, like, watching WCW, for instance, they were notorious for this. Like, WCW Nitro back in, like, the mid to late 90s, the show would be ending and the NWO would be in the ring and they'd be spray painting whoever they just beat up. And then, like, the giant would be walking down the entrance ramp and the commentary would be going, we got to wait till next week. What's going to happen with the giant of the NWO? What's going to happen with the But the problem with that in 2021 is everyone just has the internet. No one has to wait a whole week to like find out about this stuff. So it makes absolutely no sense to cut yourself off like that. Especially like you said, Denise, I'm glad you brought that up because I couldn't tell if I was seeing something. It looked like there was somebody literally sliding into the ring right as the show cut off. So uh, I have to imagine that was accidental, but like it was 10:53 Eastern time. I don't know like 
if that like they just had to get out right then like that was the exact time they had to cut out i don't understand doesn't make sense no 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 that's definitely because i thought the same thing i looked at my clock after i had sent all these like reaction tweets i looked at the clock and i was like there's still like at least six seven minutes till we hit the next hour and so just looking at that it didn't make sense whatsoever so it almost feels like whoever was at the buzzer uh whatever you know button you weren't supposed to press somebody fell asleep at the wheel and hit that button because even afterwards uh once Sean uh, went ahead and retweeted, uh, excuse me, tweeted what actually happened. So I'm going to read a direct tweet from Sean. And he says that Juice and Finley came out and attacked, attacked Switchblade. Uh, JY attacked him and essentially um, Switchblade hit his finish on Juice and ducked out. So that is what Sean says what happened. So based on that, that tells me that that was something that was supposed to, to actually air. It doesn't seem like it was something that like, oh, it was work to be some sort of cliffhanger where like we're all supposed to try to figure out what happened. It ended up coming out that way, but I don't think that's the way that it, they intended it to be and also that is the most impact wrestling thing to happen yes that very much is like they have a history and and I, i'm a massive massive AEW fan like full disclosure full disclosure like i love AEW. it's my favorite mainstream wrestling there is but are they're also the pay, are you on the payroll steven i am not but i love i love the product but they're also notorious like in their young career of doing similar things right where it's like the show is perfect and like that last thing happens everyone's like this was incredible that there's no way that this could possibly go wrong and then some weird random thing will happen right at the end of the show that then that's like what everyone will be talking about for the next day or next week or whatever. And impact has a roughly 20 year history of doing this. So, so it's uh it's one of these things where like, you hate to see it, you know, another thing I, the commentary was still talking about something when the show cut out too. It was like, do you think it was an issue with impact with fight TV? Like what could, I mean, I don't know the technical aspects of this and I'm sure, you know, obviously, you know, Sean will probably have something up. Maybe he probably even does right now. I haven't seen, but uh, I'm sure there'll be some more information uh, put out there, but it's just kind of one of those things where, again, you mentioned AEW, but everybody has like after, after revolution, that was a great show, but what was everybody talking about? Everybody was talking about the fact that we didn't see this, you know, explain, Explosion, And this time, you know, you have something where like you literally have everybody on the edge of their seats trying to figure out, hey, is Jay White going to align himself with Ken Kenny Omega? Is he not going to align with himself with Kenny Omega? And then it just <laughs> cuts off. And it was kind of done like in an interesting way, because, again, we all saw a body running towards the camp, running towards the ring. But we got a couple of super chats here. Uh, this one is from Terrence Robinson, who says, is it me or does W Morrissey look like Edge experimenting with blue chew all over his body? Great freaking show tonight. Minus the cutoff. Uh, thoughts on that, Steven. Um, yeah, I mean, I almost called him Edge. It's actually a running joke on the Fightful Twitch streams. Once again, every Thursday, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Come enjoy the show with me. Myself, Joel Pearl, we always have some guests on with us. It's a good time. And we talk about every time we see W. Morrissey, his name in the chat is always Tedge. Because it's a mixture between Test and Edge. So he very much looks like an Edge. He took a bunch of blue chew and it, and it just absorbed all over his body. That said, I know we'll talk about his match with uh, Eddie Edwards, but I think that Morrissey looks like he's in the best physical shape of his life. He seems to be in great mental health as well. Uh, this dude looks like a bona fide superstar stud in pro wrestling to me. This guy, I, I'm very happy with what I saw out of him tonight. And thank you very much, Ten uh, Terrence, for that super chat. 
We have another one from Anakin JMT who says, Sean going to brag about being on screen on Monday. Oh my God, that is something I'm not looking forward to whatsoever. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got a couple more super chats that I'm going to go ahead and uh, read as soon as I pull them in here, guys. Uh, Y'all blew me up here with super chats. So I'm trying to get them all in order here. Um, so as be as I get these on here, as I get them all going. Uh, overall, though, how did you feel in terms of do you think that the fans um, sort of got screwed with that with that cutoff tonight? Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. So the show ends and like right before it cuts off, Jay White debuting like that's a really big deal. I mean, he is depending on who you ask, he might be the most valuable like all around person that New Japan has. And like for him to show up with his history, he's his current Bullet Club leader. You have the history with them and, and Kenny and the elite first Bullet Club and, and all that stuff, all this, all this great crossover potential. So the internet blew up when Jay White came out. It's like switchblades here. This is insane. This is awesome. This is a great ending for the show, but what's going to happen? Like, is he just going to come out and just look at, the elite is going to come out and throw up the two sweet. Like, how's he going to handle this? And then a cut off. So yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like the it. fans got a little bit screwed on that one. Ryan Evans hits us, hits us with a super chat and says, when will ring of honor open their forbidden door and join the party? Also JF and white. And that's something that we're definitely going to get into as well, because obviously they sent out a pretty exciting uh, teaser for bound for glory, October 23rd in Las Vegas. And they teased some promotions that are going to be a part of this from the looks of it. But we got another super chat. This one is from Carlos Mendes, who says the wrestling world is changing and coming together. See, that's the thing, Stephen. And I want to know if you kind of felt the same way. But after tonight's show, I feel really excited about the fact that, you know, moving forward, there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. And this is something where, like, I was always I was telling fans for this last, you know, 16 months or whatever, when we had all the pandemic and all that stuff, like, we all have to be kind of hold our horses on judgment on the whole forbidden door concept. I think we got little teases over the last year of like what this could be, but with fans coming back, that's why I think we're seeing this all really coming together. Now I think they've been whole, I granted WWE is the same way. I'm sure they're saving things for fans as well. I think all the companies are, but that's going to be a prime example of that is like, I think they teased AEW, AAA, New Japan, and Impact all doing like a massive crossover. And then you still have the potential, like people have mentioned in the chat, of companies like Ring of Honor, MLW. I mean, there's like a lot, a lot of potential here. We saw the IWTV champion Wheeler Yuta on Dynamite this past Wednesday. Like all the independents are up for grabs right now. So like I am super excited. As somebody on the weekender who covers I mean, my my jam is independent wrestling. So like the more I can see this crossover stuff, the more excited I'm getting. We have a comment from Kevin Steets who says, I'm not believing SRS story of what happened after the feed cut. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. I definitely believe uh, what Sean put out there. We also have another super chat from Oliver via Roel who says, I think it was a timing issue with the pay-per-view. Same thing almost happened with the all-in pay-per-view main event. They had to rush it. But that doesn't make sense because, again, we look at the clock and it's not like they hit that one-hour mark. Right. That's why I was con confused as well. Very strange. Another super chat. This one is from Terrence Robinson, who says people cannot question Kenny Omega's versatility. He and Callahan put on a show tonight. That was instantly my top three matches of the year. Uh, I know we're going to talk about this once we get into the match itself, but I definitely have to agree with Terrence here where I, too, am putting this match as one of my, uh, you know, obviously we're midway through the year, but it's definitely going to be up there with one of my favorite matches of the year overall. Uh, we have another super chat from Malcolm Lloyd, who says I was definitely not expecting Jay White. I had Okada or Kota Ibushi appear 
appearing on the screen after that match. To be honest, even, I didn't expect anybody else after that match. I honestly thought we were just going to end with, uh, you know, Kenny Omega winning. And I thought that that was going to close out the show. So the fact that they, you know, went above and beyond and got us another surprise, you know, I'm very, very thrilled, uh, thrilled about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had so many that we're going to get to. Like, I mean, there was a lot of surprises and returns and, and all that kind of stuff. So even if they would have just ended the show, and the funny thing is less people would be negative on the show if they would have just ended it right after the match ended because all this extra, like, did they cut out early wouldn't have even been a part of the conversation. But I, I, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I'm happy that they had that one last surprise at the end. Um, but if they wouldn't have done that, I would have been just as happy like with what I shouldn't say just as happy. I like seeing Jay White a lot, but you know, they had given me a lot throughout the night to where like, I was definitely satisfied when the main event ended. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like we weren't going to, cause obviously, you know, they teased a lot of surprises. Everybody was expecting a lot of surprises. I don't think we would have came on here and been like, Oh, well we didn't get what we were, you know, what we thought we were going to get. We have another super chat. This one is from Rob Reed who <laughs> says TNA got a TNA. Oh man. See, that's the thing. Uh, We'll see what happens with all of that. And we have another super chat from Let's Talk Wrestling who says, tonight is why I'm a fan. Ending was odd, but still a great show. Uh, I have to 100% agree with that. We have another super chat from Chris Reigns who says, Jericho Cruz is the week of Bound for Glory. So how much involvement will AEW have if the majority will be on the cruise? I actually didn't even realize that the Jericho Cruz was that week, to be honest. I completely kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm in the same boat as you, Denise. I I don't know how that will affect it. That's Chris, that's a great point. That, that's something I'm definitely keeping my eyes on going forward. Mr. Cake sends in a super chat and says, Kenny expects a two-sweet. He's getting a Blade Runner instead. A King Switch never forgets. We have another one from Myron Kidd who says, safe to say that Impact is the pay-per-view company. They always deliver on their pay-per-views and have folks talking. Uh, 100%. I want to make sure I got all of these uh, comp super chats in before we go through the show. Uh, Malcolm Lloyd brings us to thoughts about Fire and Flavor and uh, Violent by Design losing their tag team titles. We will definitely get into that. We're going to run through the show uh, chronologically but I kind of wanted to get the first uh, rounds of Super Chats out of the way. So as we continue on, guys, make sure to send in your Super Chats uh, as they pertain uh, to the show so I can go ahead and uh, go through them. One more, and then we're going to kick it off. So here we go. We got another Super Chat from Let's Talk Wrestling who says, Tonight is why I'm a fan. Ending was odd, but still a great show. I think that's a good way to go about it. All right, so Steven, again, there's so much to talk about here today. I got like literally four pages of notes, man. But obviously, we're back with crowds. Very happy. You know, obviously, it's not, you know, a crowd. They're still like in that studio space. So it's not going to be, you know, as big as AEW or as big, you know, as SmackDown was with their audience and whatnot. But still, it's something to be excited about. So let's talk about that pre-show match. Uh, first and foremost, as we mentioned, as somebody just mentioned that we essentially had a title change on the pre-show. And I, for one, am kind of stoked about it because I wasn't expecting to see uh, to see Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele's lose their championship bouts to Havoc and Rosemary. Uh, is that something that you saw coming? And what did you think of this match? I did not see that coming. On my predictions, I had Fire and Flavor retaining. Um, you know, it's strange because they, they, you know, they won the titles in the tournament, like to crown the, the champions where they brought the belts back. And then they had, they lost them to Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, but that was just like a really short reign. And then they put them right back on Fire and Flavor. So I figured it would be kind of like, a long run with them. And then we also had this possibility of all these 
um, you know, potential signings. Like a lot of people were like, could the Iconics show up? And if they did, like, wouldn't them versus Fire and Flavor make a lot of sense? And like, there was all these options. So I expected Fire and Flavor to retain, actually. That said, I'm definitely not mad about Havoc and Rosemary winning the match. And, um, but, you know, that's another reason to tune into the pre-show. I mean, they, they, Impact is giving people a reason to, to tune in on YouTube before the pay-per-view starts. So uh, if you missed it, then you missed the title change. So Exactly. And I think there was only about like 4,000-ish people watching the pre-show on YouTube. And to be honest, like I wasn't expecting a title change whatsoever. But I kind of have to agree with you. You know, as much as I like Tasha and Kira as a tag team because they are really fun, I think that this does a lot for Havoc and Rosemary because obviously, you know, they're a new team. So this is a great way to sort of establish them. And no matter what, Decay is always going to get over with people with crowds, uh, no matter what it is that they do. So I think it was a really good call to have them you know essentially win the tag team titles especially on the pre-show because again stuff like this doesn't always happen on the pre-show so for those that maybe weren't already going to watch the show which i know sometimes it's safe to assume that the people watching the pre-show are actually going to tune in to watch the show but that may not always be the case so it kind of feels like that might have been like a hey anything can happen you know it's slammiversary we have a super chat from uh faustino vargas who says um this is the first impact pay-per-view i paid for and I was not disappointed. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. Uh, we have another super chat from Drew Lito who says, our impact out of this fight, no way, Jose. Um, impact wrestling, I don't think is ever going to die. Like no matter what, they always find a way to keep going and keep going strong. So uh, I definitely have to agree with Drew on that one. All right. So let's jump into the match that you can definitely say that a lot of people were most looking forward to. And that is the ultimate X match, which we have not seen on impact wrestling in about two years. And we had Josh Alexander uh, defending the impact X division championship against Petey Williams against Trey, Mich uh, Trey Miguel Ace Austin uh, Chris Bay Rohit Raju and um, so what did you think about this match this match was awesome absolutely awesome um, the only downside of this match the only downside it has nothing to do with the match itself is it's it's hard to follow that like I think the show was really really good and I'll, I'll mention why as we kind of go throughout some more of these matches but like this is a great opening match. I mean, like if you if you wanted to hook people, and I know that they've already got your money, you're already watching on pay-per-view, but like if anybody tuned in kind of thinking like, oh, they might go off just to kind of a slow start, maybe ease into the show, like no. They jumped right in, feet first, head first, whatever you want to say, and they just they went out there and showed out. Like that match was awesome. Huge kudos to everyone involved. I know we're gonna talk about like some of our favorite moments of the match. So I'll I'll leave that for you for now. But like that, I I was I was thrilled with this match, and I love Josh Alexander as the exhibition champion. And here's the thing, too. So I got to talk to Josh Alexander ahead of this match, and he's told me that since signing with Impact Wrestling, he literally has been begging for this match. Like, this is like, he said this is his favorite match stipulation, his favorite match type, and really wanted to actually get an opportunity to experience the Ultimate X match. And like, he literally said, like, right now, there is a huge conversation over Josh Alexander. You know, since winning the championship, since becoming X Division champion, there's been a lot more eyes on him, a lot more, you know, buzz around his name so he went into this kind of knowing that there was this pressure already there and wanting to actually prove to everybody that hey like he can bring something new and something different to the X division and he said I have a bunch of crazy ideas and let's kind of run through some of these moments because they kicked off this match I mean 
immediately you had Bay, Chris Bay essentially go to the ropes right at the top. Like he was not messing around. He went straight for it. So that was really cool. We see Josh Alexander do a German suplex on Ace Austin. And one of the people that was definitely a highlight of this match was Rohit Raju because he was hilarious in this. He was essentially the guy that was like, oh, well, I don't know how to get to the ropes. I got to find a different way. I think he pulled out. He pulled out a rope at one point. He pulled out. I'm not exactly sure what you call it, but you know, when you go to the stores and you try to get like uh, something from the top, some of the shirts from the top and you use that like stick to like try to like get bring the clothes down. He pulls that out there. And this is the thing about this match is that you saw a lot of creativity. Now, some of the spots, maybe they didn't come through as crisp or as clean, but it kind of didn't. I didn't really care about that because the innovation was still there and they were trying a lot of different stuff that we didn't see. One of my favorite uh, moments of this actual match was when we see uh, Josh Alexander go to the top and essentially he's upside down. Man is upside down, uh, you know, blood rushing to his head and everything. And he gets an ankle lock on Chris Bay. And visually that was just a, Really awesome. Then we see a PD hit a Canadian destroyer on Rohit. Then he hits another one on Trey Miguel. And then he hits another Canadian destroyer on Chris Bay. While Chris Bay is literally on the shoulders of Josh Alexander. For the finish, we see Chris Bay and Josh Alexander both climb the ropes. And they're both fighting for the bout. Ace Austin tries to break it up, but he misses. And so we end up seeing Josh Alexander retain. Now, I mentioned a lot of things that happened in this match. And Still, I did not cover each and every single moment. This was a fantastic match. Yeah, this, like I said, it is awesome. Um, like the one of the a couple of the spots you mentioned, like really blew my mind. Like the innovation, like the the upside down ankle lock, but then like who had an ankle lock? Someone had like a sleeper hold. Like there was this giant chain, and then someone had like a, a maybe like a half crab or something with like reheat at the end with a clothesline. I mean, it was like all the way up this chain, all the way up. I never seen something like that before. And then my favorite moment of the match was when Petey was, you know, Petey Williams is hanging there on the on the cord, and like you mentioned, Josh Alexander's holding. Um, was it holding Chris Bay up on his shoulders? And then he hit that Canadian destroyer yes. off the electric chair. That was so sick. Like, I mean, we see a lot of Canadian destroyers in pro wrestling in 2021, but like that is something I've never seen before. So, um, yeah, I, I thought this was just, this was just fantastic. This was like a perfect opening match. It had me so hyped up. And and like people were saying in the chat, like we've been saying, Josh Alexander getting the win. Not only do I like it because I like him as the champion, I also liked it because Impact Wrestling historically has a problem, in my opinion, hot potatoing titles too often. And it's like right when you start getting used to someone as exhibition champion and they're like really doing their thing, they usually switch the belt to someone else. And in a match like this, there's six people. So it's like the chances are, and no one has to get pinned or submitted. So like the chances are even higher that Josh Alexander isn't going to retain the belt. So that was a little worried about that. I was like, I want Alexander to keep the belt. But if they're going to take the belt off him and want to keep all his credibility, like this would be the way to do it also. Um, so the so the unpredictability was there. There was enough doubt in my mind that someone else could win the match. Um, and then the match itself, I mean, it, it blew me away. I thought it was incredible. 
Yeah, I think they definitely needed to give the win to Josh Alexander because obviously he you know he just became champion. His reign really just got started, and there is so much that he can do there. And you know, a lot of his you know since becoming champion, a lot of his matches, you know, especially that Iron Man match with TJP, you know, has been talked about. So you kind of want to see what else you can get out of that. But we have a couple more super chats that I want to get at. And BTW guys, make sure to send in your super chats. Not only do uh, do you get your comments you read on the air, but we also get to get paid. Uh, so here we go. We got one from BFG301 who says, Impact being the infinity gauntlet of wrestling is amazing to me. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, pre-current AEW and WA. Again, we will talk about uh, that big announcement more in depth. We have another super chat from Anakin JMT who says, Alexander going to option C, question mark. All right. And uh, let's see. We also, I know we have another one here. This one is from I Love Me Some Ova, who says, if Josh Alexander is still X Division champ by Bound for Glory, I think maybe they should resurrect resurrect option C and have Josh take the belt from Kenny. Any thoughts on that, Steven? Yeah, all the option C chat. Like, I think that that's, uh, I'm glad y'all are bringing that up because that is a big thing about the X Division title. Like, it used to be that you could cash it in at, S- at Destination X for a world title match. Now I think you can cash it in whenever, but they haven't really been talking about it. So I don't know, I don't know like if we're gonna see option C or if like they haven't been talking about it because they want us to kind of like throw us off the scent of like option C being a thing, like maybe people forgot, so it's like a big surprise. But you also have to keep that in mind. Whoever the X Vision champion is could get a world title shot. So Josh Alexander is the perfect option for that as well, because he looks like a heavyweight wrestler. He quote unquote heavyweight wrestler, and he he wrestles kind of like a heavyweight wrestler, but he also has this great hybrid style where he can mix it up with the X division really well. So he works great for both divisions and he would be a great, great, great opponent for Kenny Omega. I think Josh Alexander and Omega would be an awesome one-on-one match and you wouldn't need all the, I say shortcuts, the hard, the, the match at the end of the, the night tonight was great, but like with Josh Alexander and Kenny, you just get a straight up wrestling match. It'd be totally different than what we saw tonight. Um, so for all those reasons, yeah, I could definitely see Josh Alexander cashing an option C. And if he doesn't, I hope it's Ace Austin or Chris Bay. I hope one of the two of them ultimately get the title from him because I want to see those guys in the world title mix as well. Yeah, Ace Austin was one of the guys that I was like, okay, if Josh Alexander wins, it's probably going to be Ace Austin. And then my third option was also Chris Bay as well. But we have a, we actually have another super chat. This one is from me, I, who says, it's being reported by Mike Johnson that the pay-per-view ended how it was supposed to. It is to build intrigue. Um, I haven't seen what Mike Johnson wrote on Twitter because you know obviously you know things always happen while we're here live I really hope I like it kind of you know obviously it got everybody talking but do you think that's a good idea Steven if this was done purposely to build intrigue because I don't think so I think that's the wrong like there's people out there that'll say like um like uh what's that what's the saying like all publicity is good publicity there's no bad publicity yeah right I don't necessarily believe in that because I think like really negative publicity isn't a good thing. So like even if people are talking about you, so like I don't think this is the way you would want to get people talking about your company, like confusing people on whether or not they accidentally screwed up the end of the show. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think that's that's something that you want. But okay, we'll 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 see. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next match because this is where the surprises, you know, kind of get started here. So we already knew that, you know, obviously we're gonna have Matt Cardona versus a uh, TBD uh, versus Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood in this intergender intergender tag team match. Uh, were you surprised at all that it was Chelsea Green? And what did you think of this match? Wasn't surprised at all. I think everybody expected that. But it's also, I say this all the time. 
in pro wrestling, all I'm looking for as a fan, and I've been watching since 1994. I mean, it's been like 30 years at this point. Like, all I'm asking for is stories that make sense and good matches. That's all I'm asking for. So, like, this made sense. Like, we were expecting Chelsea Green and made the most sense. They had Tennille Dashwood on the other side of Cardona, and they played into their history together. And you had, you know, his his fiance, his current fiance, Chelsea Green. I mean, it all totally made sense. And even though it was predictable, I was totally fine with it. Yeah, this was a fun match. And again, I predicted Chelsea Green as well. You know, it made sense and all of that. So I think that all of that was perfectly fine. But here's the thing that I kind of want to touch on a little bit. And I want to touch on Brian Myers because essentially he's somebody that I think that Impact has been doing a really good job with in the sense that he hasn't necessarily been over pushed on the roster, but he's been given enough credibility on the roster. And he's a guy that he ain't necessarily like super flashy, but he's professional. And I feel like a lot of the guys that work with him, like they learn a lot. So that was one of the things that I did want to touch on, you know, coming on here to the show, because I do think that that's something that should be talked about with Brian Myers. But in regards to uh, Chelsea Green, you know, it's just she came out here today. And she looked like a star, okay? Like, she felt like a big deal. Now, she also appeared on Ring of Honor. I didn't I didn't feel the exact same way as I did tonight about her appearance on Ring of Honor. But everything that she did today felt so exciting. She felt like a star. And it's kind of one of those things where you just, you think to yourself, like, how did they drop the ball with her? Especially, you know, as the hot mess character, which she does so well. Like, how did, how does one drop the ball with Chelsea Green, especially after what we saw here today. And I should mention now, uh, for those of you guys who didn't watch uh, the show, but we did end up seeing uh, Chelsea Green pick up the win for her team with Matt Cardona after she low blows Tennille for the win. So how did you feel about her performance today? She looked great. Um, she's going to have a chance to hopefully become the star that, you know, she thought she could have been and so many fans thought she could have been, you know, in the WWE the one downside of this, and this is what I was alluding to when I was talking about the opening match, Chelsea Green had a real nice Canadian Destroyer, but we had just seen somebody hit a Canadian Destroyer off the Ultimate X, like off someone's shoulders and stuff. It's like the 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 umph of seeing something like that, like I, I'm kind of sensory overload. Like I would have liked to see her just do something else really cool instead of a move we had seen like a bunch of times the match before. Um, but that's it. That's the only criticism. Like, and that's, once again, that's not really on her. That's more, and, and I'd imagine there's a lot of people who probably saw that and felt the same way where it's like, ah, oh, that it would have been better if she just hit something different there, but she looked great. She got the pin. Um, and they played up the, the history of like low blows, like Cardona wore the, uh, the cup that had like, I don't know if there was like like studs or something in it. It looked like there was. I think it did. It it did have like this intricate like detail on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there there was a lot of storyline involved with that. And once again, Chelsea looked great. Um, there was some criticism, you know, when she showed up in Ring of Honor, not about her, but kind of the way she was presented when she debuted with the company. I think a lot of people felt it was a little lackluster, and I think a lot of that had to do with like the crowd didn't come across super loud on ring of honor pretty much for their whole pay-per-view. So once again, these aren't her, like, this isn't like, it's not her fault. Any of this has happened, but this is going to be her really good, a really good opportunity for her to reinvent herself, go back to the character. People wanted to see her being, you know, this whole time and her with her with Cardona together. That's a really, really good idea. I mean, that's what they should be to, you know, I together think she's on the gonna She's definitely going to outshine him too. Like, I feel like that already feels kind of like a given here. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I also don't know how long Cordona is going to be an impact. I mean, he's got a Nick Gage match coming around the corner. Who knows what he's going to look like after that? So, um, yeah, and that's, I mean, I'm very excited for that match, by the way. But but anyways, um, I, yeah, once again, shout out to Chelsea Green. I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy to see anybody get an opportunity who feels like they were maybe wronged or like used to not maybe their, their full uh, degree, potential. you know, full potential, exactly. And like, She's been, you know, pretty vocal about, like, you know, about this. And the fans are behind her, and they want to see what she can really do. And this is her opportunity. Fantastic. We have a super chat from uh, George Sandoval, who says, Great pay-per-view. BTW looks so gorgeous. You look pretty good also, Hollywood Salcedo. Steven, you look gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you so much. Wait, somebody said that about (laughs) Yes, he made a joke. He says, you look pretty good. Also, Hollywood Salcedo. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, thank you, George. Um, Very, very much appreciated. We have another super chat. This one is from Speed Punk, who says, yeah, how about Sammy doing that Nick Gage tribute with the pizza cutter? Oh, my gosh. That was fantastic. I cannot wait to talk about that match. We are going to get into that match a lot more in depth as we go throughout the show. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and continue. Before we do, friendly reminder, guys, do not forget to send in any super chats. Uh, we get paid. Uh, so send them in. And also, you know, get your comment, your question, or your statement read here on the stream. Uh, also, friendly reminder, if you guys haven't already please make sure uh I, I feel like if you're a wrestling fan or you care about wrestling in general if you have not yet subscribed to fightfulselect.com what are you doing what are you doing with your time i mean sean's just out there breaking news left and right and i'm not just saying this because i want to race no legitimately sean is out there breaking tons of news uh fightfulselect.com if you guys haven't subscribed yet Make sure you do so. But let's go ahead and move on to this next match that was not uh, essentially, you know, promoted on the show because it happened on the spot. We had Finn Juice uh, versus Shira and Madman Fulton. Uh, Steven, how did you feel about how they uh, built up this match and for the night and essentially seeing Finn Juice on Impact Wrestling again? Was that before or after the Morrissey Edwards match? It was, did I skip it? Oop, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, Steven, you are right. I totally skipped a match. All right, so match number three. Uh, we're going to we're gonna rewind a little bit, guys, because I jumped the gun. I got way too excited, but we actually need to talk about a very solid match on the card, and that was Eddie Edwards versus W. Morrissey, which I like to call, and everybody likes to call, essentially the Edge lookalike, so I'm just going to say Big Edge. Uh, Eddie Edwards versus Big Edge. But anyways, this was a pretty good match match but here's the thing though i kind of felt like the crowd necessarily wasn't totally into this match as much as they were to some of the other ones but however they did react whenever they needed to for this match but what i personally enjoyed about this match though and why i was a big fan of it is because w morrissey is no longer working like a big wwe guy we didn't see any rest holds whatsoever he's essentially doing uh any move that he does is going to look impressive because of his size but he was doing enough so that you know the baby face and eddie edwards he just kind of kept essentially killing his comeback over and over again so it kind of made the crowd like come on like we want to see eddie edwards you know get his moment in here with you know w morrissey and so i kind of like that they played a lot with that i thought that 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 is kind of what made this match like feel so much better but um 
they essentially kick off this match with Eddie Edwards chopping Debbie Morrissey. He tries to take him down. They end up fighting outside the ring. Uh, later on in the match, we see Edwards dive onto W. Morrissey, but instead he catches in him by the mouth and then ends up slamming him right onto the um, uh, right onto the ring. And that spot looked absolutely brutal. And then afterwards, we see Edwards do a sunset sunset flip power bomb onto W. Morrissey from the uh, you know, essentially turning the tides on this match because up until this point, W. Morrissey was not letting him, you know, essentially get uh, any offense in. And then he finally did. This was the turning point in this match. Then we see W. Morrissey pull out a chain that was essentially around his boot. Obviously, the referee did not see it. He hits Edward, uh, Eddie Edwards in the head and then gets him with a power bomb to get the win. And I liked this finish, and I'm sure you might agree with this. It protected Eddie Edwards by essentially, you know, the guy pulled out a chain. So this was not necessarily, you know, a clean victory per se. And it also really kept uh, W. Morrissey strong as well. And it just looked, it made both guys look good. So Stephen, what did you think about this? Yeah, I mean, uh, for anyone watching right now, get involved, spam Tedge in the chat, if you will, a T-E-D-G-E. Um, the, okay, so here's the thing. Eddie Edwards, he... I think the reason fans aren't as into it sometimes with him is just because we see him over. It's, it's kind of similar to Sammy Callahan. It's like he's he's been on the show for a long time, and it's kind of like we're not sure what to do. Like we need Eddie to be in a big match because he's like so loyal to us and he's one of our main guys. But so, but but Morrissey needed to win. Like I can't stress it enough. They have to be very careful with how they book Morrissey because I really feel like this is like his big second chance to like really be a big star in wrestling. Like for whatever reasons and stuff like WWE, it didn't work out. Right. But like now, like this is, this guy's a star in my opinion. I mean, he is, he is so much bigger than everyone else on that roster. And it really shows an impact when you see him standing there, just towering over everybody else. Plus he can move around great in the ring. And we haven't really seen him as like, we, you know, we saw his WWE run, but that, it wasn't there long enough to where like, I feel like people sometimes when people go to WWE for a long time and they get used a certain way for a long enough time, it kind of takes their shine away when they go somewhere else. You start only seeing them as that. Exactly. And I don't think, I don't think that Morrissey was a real victim of that. Um, so him and impact, I just feel like once again, I love seeing him win this match and Eddie Edwards is, is super solid, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm by no means do I dislike Eddie Edwards. I just feel like even when impact last year, you know, when, when they did like their big kind of reboot, when there was a lot of releases and stuff, they kind of went right back to Eddie Edwards as their champion again. And it was like, Oh, he went back to Eddie, but you have like all these other people and you're going back to Eddie. And I feel like there's always that chance that they can just go back to Eddie, go back to Eddie, go back to Eddie. But, they needed to make Morrissey look strong, and they did. And once again, him using the chain and stuff, that still keeps Eddie still in the same position he's been in. He's still an upper card guy no matter what. But it's, it's Impact needs to create some outliers, create some people who seem unbeatable so that whenever you know they do get beat, it's a huge deal. And I think that Morrissey's just he's too new to the company. He's too valuable, I think, right now. And I think they really need to give him a strong push. So I really like seeing him go over Edwards. 
I completely agree. I think that, you know, if they would have had him lose tonight, it necessarily would not have. It would hurt him more than obviously than it would Eddie Edwards. And then you mentioned also, like, I don't know exactly how tall Eddie Edwards is, but he's not a small guy either. But next to W. Morrissey, I mean, he looked like so tiny, even though he's not. So that should just kind of show you how big W. Morrissey is. And I'm just even going to say, I'll say it right now. He I thought he was going to be the most impressive big guy on the show. But obviously, later on, I'll talk about who really did impress me, you know, especially as a big guy. But we'll talk about that in a second, because we do have a super chat from uh, Evan Wright, who says uh, this WWE New Japan talks went over pretty well. eh? question mark. Yeah, we all remember uh, that whole situation. But we'll look. Right now, I just feel like there are so many possibilities. But here's the thing, though, is that I feel like talks were just talks. And I think we all kind of knew it. Yeah. Did you hope for a relationship with, with WWE and New Japan? Did you actually think that there would be like a relationship to come about? I think the only reason we this is all speculation. But I think the only reason that that was even a thing is because I think WWE is trying to hold on to some very specific wrestlers that also want to wrestle in New Japan as well. And I think that those wrestlers might wind up bailing anyways. So um, so we'll see. I, I really don't see New Japan and WWE working together. I could be totally wrong, but it's possible. But they also, I mean, what happened to the Evolve show? I mean, you know what I mean? Like they've been, there's been stuff in the works for a while now, like new programming and stuff. And I mean, so I, I don't know. I feel like if I'm new Japan also, I'm looking at what the rest of these companies are doing and going like, do I want to work with WWE as like their ratings are the lowest they've ever been. And the interest is the lowest it's ever been and all this stuff. Or do I want to be a part of like this revolution and wrestling with all these other companies? And like, that's, you know, I just really feel like new Japan would be better off doing big crossovers with AEW and, and all these other companies. So um, I just I just don't see the WWE New Japan stuff happening. That's just me personally. We have another super chat from Evan Wright who says uh, Jay White said for Warrior Wrestling too, Stephen. Yeah, which is awesome. Warrior Wrestling is a great a great company. I believe they had a show tonight as well that was running uh, kind of concurrent to uh, to Impact tonight. But um, yeah, Warrior Wrestling very good company. Thank you so much to Evan for sending in the super chat. Do not forget that you guys can send in your super chats as well, but we're going to go ahead and move on to the fourth match of the night. And this is the one that I had initially started already talking about, but essentially we have Shira and Madman Fulton. They come out and they're essentially pissed off because they were banned from essentially being a ringside uh, during the ultimate X match. And they're pissed at the referee, etc. But then we have Scott Demore come out and he essentially announces uh, Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finley. They come out and this is pretty exciting. Because again, this wasn't a match that we were expecting. And, you know, even uh, I think it's been like, when's the last time we saw Finn Juice? I think it was in May or so, like roughly around that time that we saw them. So it is interesting to, you know, obviously see them back. And I'm glad about that because given the situation right now uh, in Japan and how things are going with, you know, COVID and all of that, uh, it seems like we might be seeing Finn Juice here for a while. So might as well, uh, you know, do more stuff with Impact, etc. But anyways, this was really a quick match match this was really just here to uh to establish here uh you know finn juice what did you think about this i mean this is this was very quick but it was good to see finn juice on the show uh you know i was really surprised when they won the impact world tag team titles months back i didn't expect that they had a good little run with the belts um i think it helps them too to be a part of the show because um 
you know, there's a lot of the audience that might really know Juice Robinson more for like NXT. And then like, maybe they don't really pay attention to New Japan, but they do pay attention to Impact for whatever reason, you know? And it's like, oh, damn, Juice is like way better than I thought he was the last time I saw him, you know? Definitely and, uh, <laughs> a whole lot better. Definitely. If anything, he's one of those guys where you're like, he, he didn't work out with the PC. Like he didn't learn in the PC. Like what the hell? <laughs> and and so many people like vouched for him too. And he's with the WWE. There was guys like Kevin Owens and stuff constantly talking about how good he was and just for and Cody as well. Like, and it was like, why, why aren't they doing more with this guy? And he's getting to do a lot. And, and, you know, Dave Finley is really, really good as well. His brother, Brogan Finley is really new to wrestling. I've been watching him on the Indies. I mean, that whole fit Finley bloodline is like, I mean, you can't really get much more credible than that in the, in the world of like, pure you know professional wrestling so um so this was all cool i mean i'm glad to see uh Shira and fulton on the show they they contribute uh every single week to the to the show on thursday so it's good to see them get a you know a place here on the pay-per-view and even though it was short you know it didn't hurt anything you know what i mean unless unless this is the reason the show cut off the air <laughs> i was just thinking about that right now i was like well now if you think about it if they would have taken this match out then maybe we would have actually seen who the hell was running down during that moment like what the heck uh, but we actually have a super chat from daniel r who says main event was great who takes the belt from uh from kenny the impact world championship from kenny uh we'll get to that um once we actually get to the main event match but thank you so much to daniel r for setting in this super chat so let's go ahead and move on because next oh i love this match and this actually ended up becoming it my third favorite match of the night when i think about every match as a whole and this was moose versus chris sabin i mean this was fantastic so first and foremost uh what was your reaction to the way Moose looked when he came out, because he looked absolutely like unbelievable. Like if this guy was carved by gods or something, his gear, like the white, the shiny white with the gold. I mean, I don't even know how to describe how fantastic he looked. Yeah, the dude's a star. I mean, I talk about him every single week regardless of you know any podcast that i do that has anything to do with impact wrestling i'm constantly talking about like not to get super deep into it and i also apologize y'all hear some rain it just started raining no, you're really okay. really we hard don't hear that. you're fine okay good um so basically like moose and uh, people who listen to my stuff it's gonna sound like a broken record but you know for newer listeners like they have done such a good job of building Moose over the last couple of years. The, the guy that I saw first in Ring of Honor is a completely different guy now. The way that he can wrestle, the way that he can talk, his presence. Like you said, the guy looks like he's carved out of stone and he's wearing like really cool, like flashy ring gear. I mean, he's he looks like a professional wrestling superstar. And in my opinion, they should have done Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega at Against All Odds. And they should have done Moose in, in Kenny tonight. Because I think if anyone in Impact should win that title from Kenny Omega, it should be Moose. Now, that said, Chris Saban gets the win over Moose tonight, which I did not I did not expect to see that. So they definitely, I guess, if swerves the right w word, I didn't expect that, that outcome. But like, the, and I know you'll get into it, you know, the move by move, but Moose can do some stuff in that ring that is so ultra impressive for a guy of his size. And uh, he just. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but 
The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Super athletic. I'm a very big. I'm a very big fan on Moose. Uh, a very big fan of Moose. Very high on him. So Moose, Moose, Moose. <laughs> exactly, man. Uh, but so anyway, so yeah, I agree with you. Uh, everything that you said about him improving, uh, essentially, Chris Saban winning, all of that was very unexpected. But essentially, I'm going to start off by saying that I liked this match, Chris Saban versus Moose more than Moose versus Kenny Omega because I was expecting so much out of that match and that match kind of ended up being uh, a disappointment's a hard a, a harsh word to say but it definitely d- did not live up to my expectations whatsoever but here with Moose and Chris Sabin they kicked off this match in a very fast pace right from the top uh, we see Chris Sabin get him in a figure four leg block he works the left knee of Moose and that plays a big uh, you know role in, throughout this entire match we then see Moose essentially chop the living hell out of him. I mean, you can see Chris Saban's chest going like in and out with like all of, you know, the rush of adrenaline that he's going through throughout this match, but he's like preparing himself to get these chops. And then there's a moment where it seems like Moose is going to go for another chop, but instead he ends up taunting, he ends up taunting the, the crowd, teasing them, and it just starts flipping everybody off. So I thought that was a really good moment there. Uh, we then see Moose do an overhead moonsault suplex from the top rope uh, to Chris Saban. That was another really good move. And I mean, we just kind of see them, you know, like a fight outside the ring a lot and just moves. He's just so athletic. And if you didn't already know that you saw that so much throughout this match, like you do, he does things that you're like a guy, his size should not be doing. And so this was really great. We, but we end up seeing Chris Saban win with a forward roll up. And again, like you said, I was not expecting moves to lose here tonight, but even though he lost, I don't actually think he lost uh, anything. Uh, you know, obviously, aside from the match, but it didn't take away anything from Moose is what I'm trying to say. If anything, I'm even more impressed by Moose. Yeah. And I mean, 
it, it, he recently resigned with the company too. So like you have to imagine they have to have some pretty solid plans for him going forward. Cause I know there was a lot of interest in him other places and he stayed. So like, I, I feel like he needs to be rewarded for that. Um, and I think part of that is continuing a strong push and potentially giving him the title at some point in the near future. Um, and like, yeah, there was one, one spot in that, uh, Fans who follow indie wrestling, they've seen Shane Mercer do this, which Moose goes up on the top. Mercer usually does it from the second rope versus the top rope, but he did the moonsault slam off the top rope, which is like, we've seen Moose do the Spanish fly off the top before, but I've never seen him do the Shane Mercer style backflip slam before. And that is, man, it's just so impressive to see a guy, it's to see anybody do that, but to see a guy his size do that is unreal. Um, and it really opens it up. I believe I'm assuming this is who you're talking about when you're talking about Morrissey was like oh, the most thank impressive. You. Yeah, I almost forgot of that. That was thank you so much for reminding me because that was the point that I wanted to get at that. You know, W. Morrissey, at first, I was kind of a little bit afraid that the Moose Chris Sabin match was essentially going to be similar to the Eddie Edwards W. Morrissey match. And that was a little bit of my concern. Like in the beginning, I started thinking, you know what, it kind of feels like, uh, you know, there obviously this match was a lot more fast paced than the Eddie Edwards W. Morrissey match, but it kind of felt like overall, it kind of had the same theme for like a second but then it completely broke off into a totally different match but that didn't stop me from obviously wanting to make this comparison between moose and w morrissey because you look at w morrissey and obviously you know he, he looks like a killer he looks like a beast etc but i do like if i'm gonna you know start comparing big guys here i gotta say that moose was the real standout if i'm gonna compare him against somebody like w morrissey moose was the one where i thought this is the this is the big guy that i'm gonna be after like if i can only get one big guy it's gonna be moose and the good thing is with Impact, you have three guys kind of like that right now. You have Moose, you have W. Morrissey, and you have Joe Doring. All three guys, like, those are three Haas fights. I know there's a certain part, actually a big part of the fan base that likes the uh, the quote-unquote quote uh, big meaty men slapping meat. Those are the kinds of matches that you're going to want right there. And, and guess what? They're, they're three athletic dudes who have really cool movesets as well. So, like... I, I think there's a lot of possibilities with those three guys as being like your three kind of big sort of unstoppable type dudes. But then when they wrestle each other, it's going to make for like really entertaining, almost like super fights. So um, I think, I think impact wrestling, like Joe Doring was like, we're talking about bomb by design here in a second, but he was like a real sleeper as far as like guys who got signed last year that nobody really thought were on the radar. Cause he was doing so much over in, um, over in all Japan, but like, when he showed up, everyone's like, oh, damn, Joe Doring. Like, okay, like, let's see what they do with him. And I think they've done a really damn good job with him. Same with, <laughs> yeah. Morrissey, same with Morrissey so far. And like I said, the improvement out of Moose over the last few years, um, they're set up really good for their big guys. So, like, when I do my, like, Impact Plus shows by myself, I swear I've been putting over Joe Doring like crazy on those post shows because he, I don't know how else to put it, but he, like, wrestles in a way that everything he does – feels so like strong so heavy like it, 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 anything that he does just hits like 10 times harder and so he has something that I don't think a lot of guys have and I think sometimes he might be a little bit like you might forget him because he doesn't have that like chiseled body obviously like Moose and W. Morrissey but he brings something totally different that I feel like he is a good mention because he has something that they don't have and it's this like authentic like just like hard hitting style where like he doesn't even have to try hard. Like it's comes natural to him. I feel like that's like the best way that I can describe that. It's very authentic. It seems very real when he's yes. in there. 
fighting people. You know what I mean? And it's also like, you better be a badass if you're going to walk around like shirtless with a fur coat on. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, that dude, that dude, I mean, he's a scary guy. And the, the facial expressions he makes, he always looks like he's like going all crazy and stuff. So you ain't messing uh, with him. You ain't messing with Joe Doring whatsoever. No. I ain't going to tell him nothing. I'm going to shut <laughs> up when I'm around him. Uh, so before we get into the next match, I do want to remind you guys all, uh, if you want to make sure if you have a great comment, you have a great feedback, whatever it is, uh, feel free to send in a super chat and we'll read your comment here on the stream. Plus, it also helps out the channel, helps make sure that people get paid. People like like me and Steven, we're poor. We got to get paid. Uh, so feel free to send in a super chat as well. But we're going to go ahead and jump into this next match. And I'm just going to start off by saying this, Steven. I'm not going to tell this to Joe Doring's face, but um, this match sucked. This match really, really sucked. Um, and I'm sorry to say that, but this was the four-way tag team match um, for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Obviously, we had a violent by design, uh, Joe Doring and Rhino versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack, my guys right there, uh, versus Fala Ba and the surprise, his surprise guest, uh, his surprise partner, excuse me, uh, no way without the Jose. So uh, no way Jose, who is now going by no way, because apparently Impact Wrestling could not think of another name that started with a J. Uh, but anyway, we got uh, Falaba and no way uh, versus also the good brothers, uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Um, what did you think of this match? Did you feel as uh, as harsh as I did about this match? It just seemed like it was rushed. Like, it just didn't seem like there was a whole lot to the match. And, like, like right when you were just starting to kind of get into it, the Good Brothers hit their finish, and that was kind of it. Now, on top of that, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not that excited to see No Way, um, whatever Isn't it is. weird saying No <laughs> Way? Like, we're, I, just, I feel like we got to say No Way, Jose. Like, I feel weird just saying No Way. Yeah, it is. It is. It's weird to say that. So, I... I mean, I'm, once again, I, I would like to see him get a chance, right? Like, I we didn't, we probably didn't get to see him do his full potential in the WWE, but kind of an issue I have with what I saw tonight was it looked exactly what like what didn't really work that well in the WWE. Like, he came out with like the whole conga line and the whole deal, and it was like this seems very, very much like they just took a dude straight out of WWE, like exactly how he was, and just put him right over here. When I think it's smarter on Impact's end to like distinguish yourself is different than the WWE. So, you know, so I think the surprise, once again, like you knew it wasn't going to be anything that crazy when like, he was like the second guy to come out for the match or something. They didn't even save the, this big surprise to like the last person coming out to the ring or anything. Um, and yeah, I just feel like they didn't really get a chance to really, really do a whole lot. And before I knew it, the good brothers had won and, you know, nothing against the Good Brothers. I like them as a team. I love Carl Anderson in particular. Like, he's one of my, like, I love seeing him do his singles his singles match um, against Moxley on Wednesday and stuff. And I like Bomb by Design as a tag team a lot. And it's also like Rich Swan and Willie Mack, they got to figure something to do with them because both of them are major stars. And they're it's my like, favorite people on the roster. If they're if they're on a show, I don't care what show, I'm going to watch. Like, those are my guys right there. Like, I root the hell first. I root, I root like crazy for those two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, like, Willie Mack, I mean, because at least we've seen Rich Swan have the opportunities to, like, be the world champion and have some, like, major stories and stuff. Where, you know, Willie Mack, he's had the exhibition title, but, like, it, it got taken from him really quick. And I just feel like he's a guy who could be so valuable to them as a main eventer. And him and Rich, it's cool because you have the dynamic of them. They can tag team or they can be singles guys. And it's equally as good either way. Um, or one can turn on the other and you have a feud built in right there that's been building for like 
three, four years or whatever it's been. So, I mean, I feel like it's been forever. So like, yeah, it, it, I guess this is a long way of me basically saying that there was a lot of talent in this match, but they didn't, I feel like get a whole lot of time to do a whole lot of really cool stuff. And like I said, before I knew it, the good brothers had won. And I was like, damn, that was it. Like, I felt like we could have got a lot more out of that. It sucked. And here's the thing too, is that, you know, then they kicked off this match. I kind of felt like a lot of the focus was on no way Jose, like, yeah, it was no way Jose and a uh, rich Swan who kicked off this match. And then it kind of felt like it was kind of all about him. And I didn't really think that he brought anything where I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Woo. Yay. Great. No, I didn't feel like that whatsoever. And the it got to the point I got up during this match and I got a soda. I got a snack during this match. I was like, this match sucks. And I feel, bad because again you mentioned all of the talent and i'm i thought this was going to be one of the best matches of the night again you know just looking at the guys that are you know in this match and then necessarily wasn't and there was a moment where we did get to see uh falaba and rich swan kind of go at it for like a couple of seconds really and that was great and then we had uh willie mack get brought into that moment and then it it, it started to think like you mentioned it started to kind of get to the point where it needed to be it never ever even got anywhere close to peaking for this match and then again uh it just ended with the good brothers essentially hitting a uh, rhino with the magic killer and that was kind of it so i was definitely expecting a lot more and this is a match that i would definitely skip if if, if you're gonna rewatch the show to be honest i would skip this match that's fair that's totally fair like i definitely felt underwhelmed by the match as well so um and, and like i can't stress it enough especially for guys like willie mack and rich swan who have like done so much for that company for so long now it's like i wish they could have gotten a really good spotlight on this show and they didn't really get a chance to do that unfortunately Exactly, exactly. All right, so we're going to move on because we got uh, we actually got two more matches to talk about. And I'm very, very excited to hear your thoughts on these next couple of things, especially this next one. So make sure to send in your super chats here because this is it, guys. Here we go. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Wait, wait, wait. I got to hype this up more. I got to hype this up. Hold on, hold on. All right, so heading into Slammiversary, I asked people, like, what match are you most looking forward to? A lot of people were obviously hitting me with Ultimate X, Ultimate x okay great but i will tell you i feel like if i could put a number to this it was more than half of those comments were diana perrazzo versus the mystery person and i just kept seeing diana's name all over my timeline like it was non-stop and so it's very exciting to see how many people were really looking forward to this match so Obviously, a lot of people had, you know, different predictions as to who they thought this was going to be. I was kind of close because my my prediction was Mickey James. But anyways, so it ended up being um, La Meta Meta uh, Thunder Rosa. So well, first, before we get to the actual uh, match, how did you feel about Thunder Rosa essentially being the mystery opponent here? I like it a lot. I mean, Thunder Rosa is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, you know, when you talk about NWA specifically, I will always praise Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. I think that they're both phenomenal wrestlers. Um, Thunder Rosa, I love seeing this because, you know, we obviously we see her a lot in the NWA. We've seen her a lot in AEW. And now she's popping up over here in Impact Wrestling, as well as, you know, AAA. So it's like, she's really a great example of the quote unquote forbidden door. I mean, she's all over the place and she's, she operates at such a high level that the fans are like automatically expecting something really good. It's like, you see Thunder Rosa and it's like, okay, this is going to be a good match. Like I'm, I'm locked in on this. And you can say the same thing about Diana Perrazzo since she's been an impact wrestling. She's been 
she's been, you know, she's been hitting home runs every time she goes up to bat. You know, arguably one of the best women's wrestlers right now. Totally agree. And so this is two of the best wrestlers against each other. And this is, you know, and, and we'll talk about the match itself, but for the surprise, this this was honestly this is about as good as a, as a surprise I think as you can get. If you want a solid wrestling match, I think Thunder Rosa's. I mean, I don't think anybody. Let me know in the chat. Did anybody was anyone disappointed in seeing Thunder Rosa? Because I feel like most people were probably pretty stoked on it. Exactly, I think so too. So like essentially, like when she came out, there was like huge chance. Like she had a couple of moments to really soak in the audience reaction, really get people to you know be chanting her name and whatnot. Whatnot. They kicked off this match uh, with a lock up here, but here I kind of want to jump into this though because uh, one of the things that I do need to mention is that the second that you know Thunder Rosa appeared, it really made a lot of uh, immediately. I was like, okay, if there if there's obviously this thing going on with NWA and Impact Wrestling and all all of that. I figured that it made sense for them to, you know, lend over Thunder Rosa to Impact Wrestling. And I was automatically like assuming this probably means that we're going to be seeing some of the knockouts, you know, over on the all women's show that NWA does. So immediately that was something that I already started to like get the ball rolling. Obviously, I wasn't expecting everything else that were to follow here. Uh, but overall, this match honestly felt like very, very solid. It felt like a very big deal. And uh, we ended up um, we ended up seeing um Diana Peraza win uh, with the Gotch style pile driver here. And here's the thing, though, is that while I really enjoyed this match and it was a solid performance and all of that, I did not think that it was uh, I thought that Diana has had better defenses. And I think given the fact that, you know, Thunder Rosa is the, you know, the type of uh, yeah, the type of wrestler that she is, I think I was expecting a little bit more um, from this match. It was it was good. It was very good. But I won't necessarily say that it was my favorite Diana Perazzo match or my favorite Thunder Rosa match. Sure. And part of this, once again, this is me speculating, especially with the way that the show ended and stuff. Like some of these matches feel like they just didn't have enough time. Like, or like, because I feel like Deanna and Thunder Rosa, you give that another like five, six minutes or something. And like, it's a totally different match. Like it's way better. Um, The way that they structured this match too, like most of it was Thunder Rosa, you know, getting the better of D and uh, not D, but Deanna Prazo. And then Deanna kind of coming back to the end and getting the win um, well, you know, I, I definitely didn't dislike the match. I thought it was solid, but but it's one of those things too where I feel like NW sorry, not NWA, I feel like Impact needed to keep the title on Deanna Perrazzo, like regardless. So this was a good way, I think, of doing it. I, I, I didn't really have a problem with it, I guess kind of what I'm getting at, but I think the two of them could have a better match. I do agree there. And the surprises really didn't end here, okay? Because everything that happened after this, it was just like, I felt like I was getting hit in the head, like left and right with all of this news. I was like, I got to take this in, man. Uh, so post-match, we saw uh, Mickey James's music hit, and she obviously gets this huge reaction. And I just got to say, Mickey James... Oh my God, she came out and she just looked like a zillion times more stunning than ever before. And I feel like that definitely needs to be put out there, especially because she's somebody too that, you know, she was kind of embarrassed in WWE with the whole Piggy James thing. And it was very upsetting. Like when I looked at her today and I was like, they really called her Piggy James. I'm like, if she's Piggy James, then, you know, I'm like the manure of the farm, you know? So like, it's just like one of those things that it's like, how, how like, I don't get it. Like, I do not get what they, why they did 
didn't do more with Mickey and James when they had the chance. But anyways, so she comes out to this big reception from everybody. Everybody's very excited to see Mickey James. She's a very lovable person. And Deanna is essentially telling her, like, what the heck? Like, this is my division. This is my my ring. And Mickey James tells her, you know what? Like, I have mad respect for you and actually invites her uh, to come on over to the NWA uh, All Women Show Empower. And Deanna basically grabs the mic. And I love this because she she doesn't give a damn. Like, she doesn't care that Mickey James has respect for her. Deanna says, you know, of course, everybody wants me. Every promotion wants me. And she says, if you really respect me, you don't really respect me because you came out here and you essentially took from my moment, took from my, you know, uh, after she had won the match, basically took away from that. So she must not really respect her. And then she says, quote, to Mickey James, grab your trash bag and get the hell out of here. And I died. I died immediately after this. And then uh, Mickey James super kicks Deanna after this. And I mean, this was just what did you think, Steven? Because I was completely blown away here. Yeah, this is good stuff. I mean, I'm glad they went there. Like it got the Internet talking, you know, talking about the trash bag and all that stuff. Um, I'm glad that Deanna is going to be a part of Empower because if NWA and Mickey James and everyone involved truly wants to make this like all women show something really special, they really do have to go out and do the best that they can to get the best women in the world on that show. And Deanna Peraza is on that list. So I like everything about it. Um, we'll probably wind up getting Mickey James versus Deanna Perrazzo based on what we saw tonight. And that'll be a really good match. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think Empower is going to be a really good show. And this was like a really good way of like, kind of setting up the stage because now it's like oh Deanna's gonna be there like who are they gonna get next and I think that's a good kind of buzz you want to create around an event like that exactly and I'm wondering if actually because I think Mickey James said that she wasn't gonna wrestle on the show though right oh I don't know if she said that I mean she looks like obviously she's in great shape so I you know I I'd like to see her wrestle but I she she may she may have said that I just missed yeah she, so she I'm expecting because yeah so my understanding was that Mickey James wasn't gonna wrestle on the show I could be wrong there so I was actually expecting to see Mickey versus Deanna at some point maybe like a bound for glory or maybe even uh, the NWA's you know 73rd anniversary show because that's taking place in August so like either way we're definitely going to see uh, Mickey James versus Deanna Perrazzo at some point so with that being said like already I'm excited about this you know like very very excited about this but we have a couple of super chats this one is from the Cooge 97 who says Denise gracias por the review tonight it is la mera mera a great pay-per-view tonight the triple A AEW Impact Wrestling New Japan show in October will be fire orale um Dude, we haven't even got into that. Uh, I cannot wait to talk about that in a second. Actually, did I re- did I? S- oh, you know what? I skipped over that. So let's talk about that right now. Actually, um, we obviously got the announcement that Bound for Glory October twenty third is taking place in Las Vegas. And as they you know queue up this teaser, they show the following promotions: Triple A, AEW, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's logo, obviously teasing us. Uh, that they are essentially going to take part in this. So first and foremost, what did you think about this? Is this exciting for you, like as a wrestling fan? Super exciting. Like I said earlier, I mean, the more the merrier. If you want to, I want to see all the best crossovers we can possibly get. I've been living in this world for so long now of like being a fan and everything just being so kind of the same for so long where it's like, it's this company and this company and this company and this company, and they all do their own different things, but they never actually talk about each other. They never actually wrestle each other. 
you know, back in the day, the closest thing was maybe like when New Japan and WCW had some joint shows. And that was like mind blowing back then that it was like New Japan and WCW against each other. Like this is the coolest idea ever. And like we're getting to see stuff similar to that, which it just, especially with the distribution of wrestling now, how easy it is. I used to have to sit around and hope that I can get something on VHS tape. Now it's like you hit one button and it's like every promotion you can imagine right there at, at the, at your fingertips. Um, so it's one of those things where like, I just, I just want to see more of this type of stuff. I love that they're, they've basically confirmed that four companies are going to be a part of that show at the least. And as I mentioned earlier, you still have, the National Wrestling Alliance, you still have Major League Wrestling, you still have Ring of Honor, you still have all this other possibility too, where maybe they will or maybe they won't be a part of that show. But the the potential is there and the options are there to do some really, really, really cool stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, as as someone who wants to see this stuff, I am I am 100% here for it. I am too. It's just, it, I feel like right now, because I, I, that's why I wanted to ask you, like, are you excited right now with everything that's happening? Because I can't help but to like, you know, I think like before, like, I feel like a lot of us, you know, because WWE, you know, it's not like they were, you know, always opening their doors, you know, fully open to everybody. So I feel like, I feel, I feel like I wasn't necessarily ready for like so much collaboration, but every time that I do see, you know, uh, companies partnering up, it is very exciting, especially, you know, obviously certain promotions have already had relationships with one another you know for several years etc etc but it's like now it's I feel like it's gotten so much bigger and the conversation around it has gotten so much bigger where I almost feel like if you're a promotion that's not you know working with other people I almost feel like you know what like you should have like some sort of like FOMO like fear of missing out here because uh we're starting to you know we're seeing that obviously there are a lot of benefits with working with one another oh for sure I mean imagine like just hypothetically speaking, you have major league wrestling who I think has put together a fantastic roster for their next season. They have a ton of talent there, but if you want to get people really buzzing about, about your show, if you get Kenny Omega on there one time, it's going to bring in so many new eyes. Like it's so mutually beneficial because then you also have the possibility of MLW sending over, you got Jacob Fatu and Hammerstone and, and Jordan Oliver and Myron Reed. And I can, I can name, 20 people on top of my head of the guys that like MLW can give you all this. And all you need is this one dude from AEW. And like, that's, and it's worth it all for that. Even just that one little thing. Like, and that's, that goes for all these companies. Like, and it isn't just Kenny Omega. It's just the, it's, it's the possibilities. It's knowing that like Cody Rhodes might show up on NWA again and like go after Nick Aldis or something. I mean, there's so many possibilities. So yeah, I, I really, I, I, I love it. And I love that we're getting, once again, I can't stress it enough. Now that fans are back, like, I think we're going to be seeing some stuff that, like, is going to be really, really, really cool. And you also have to keep in mind the people running these companies, right? Tony Khan is one of us. Tony Khan has, he's just like I am. When I have all my action figures as a kid, I mean, I still have action figures all over the place. But when I was a kid and I played with my action figures, he is me playing with my favorite action figures. He goes against his favorite wrestlers and he puts on a show that I love. And it's, and it's the same with all these other companies like that are trying to do something different and and carve out their own space for themselves in the world of wrestling. But but knowing they all bring something a little different to the table that they can use together. Like this isn't even about, by the way, this isn't even about like them versus the WWE in any way, shape or form. For those of you listening to this that might think that's kind of the tone of what I'm saying, WWE is on their own planet. Like you have WWE, they're a, an, a corporate entity that 
is so it's not even a wrestling promotion. It is a entertainment conglomerate. Okay. As a pro wrestling fan, everything else I'm talking about, I want to see them all working together and give me the best product possible. And I think we have opportunity for that now. I think we do too. And we have another super chat. This one is from the Gotham guy who says, I live in the San Francisco Bay area and I've been waiting for AEW to travel to California, but Vegas is close enough. Take my money. Uh, Gotham guy. I feel you, man. You have no idea, Steven. Like I get so like I'm jolly right now. You know, Texas has been getting all of these shows. You know, Florida has been getting all these shows. New York is going to be getting all these shows in California. We're just sitting here waiting for our turn. It kind of sucks. Okay. Like it kind of does. And I've been waiting like the second i hear like the you know hey AEW or wwe is you know heading here to california i'm gonna like mark the hell out and get super excited and all of that stuff right because again you got i gotta make my way to las vegas so it's close enough right it's close enough but um i do i can't wait for some uh southern california dates to be announced sorry i said i specifically said southern california because i ain't gonna go to san francisco either because that would be like another like five six hour drive for me as well uh, even though Gotham guy is in uh, Northern California. But uh, so, yeah, I do agree with Gotham guy on this here. But now it is time to go ahead and talk about that main event that we have. Now, obviously, we talked about the finish uh, of like how Impact Wrestling ended since everybody wanted to know like what the hell went on and all of this. But let's actually focus on the match itself now because we had a match of the year contender here with Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega and a no DQ for the Impact World Championship. And here's the thing is I know a lot of people like when this match was first announced that it was going to happen. I feel like a couple of people were like very down on it. And I was like, oh, hells no. Like, I know for a fact that we are going to get a good match out of this. Like with Sammy Callahan, you know, being the challenger here, you knew you were going to get a different match that you don't necessarily always get to see out of Kenny Omega. So I went into this already knowing this match was going to be great. But here's the thing is that I feel it completely over delivered my expectations on it. Before I get to it, we have a super chat um, from Brian Heath who says the stream's supposed to cut out early at the end so my prediction is no steven you, you said your prediction was no as well yeah i don't think there's a chance in hell that they meant to do that exactly i don't think so either but apparently uh there are some reports that it was uh done on purpose now i'm gonna wait and see you know what sean says and and then i'll kind of go from there so we'll see what happens but my prediction is that it didn't feel like it was done on purpose. Uh, we also have another super chat. This one is from Bid Moon who says, Roman and Omega are God's great show. Uh, <laughs> yep, I agree. Great show. Thank you so much to Bid Moon for sending in this super chat. But so let's talk about this actual match because so much happened and I'm going to kind of highlight a couple of the main uh, points that were happened here. So um, oh, we also have Ch Joe Pearl in the chat and he actually thinks that this was planned, that they wanted to bring eyes on Thursday. Yeah, well, you know what? I paid for it for today so i don't like cliffhangers well and that's the thing like i said earlier i mean if that's the case that's that's fair enough but like like i mentioned at the top of the show we're living in a day and age where people are going to find out immediately what happened like no like you know what i mean it, it, it's the 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 philosophy there of booking if that was what they meant to do just makes no sense like because they're just going to have people negatively talking about them tonight like oh they screwed up again right at the end of the show and then, like, I don't think that really drives more people to your show. I mean, having Jay White show up, I think that'll drive more people to the show on Thursday, but not, like, having it cut off prematurely. 
Definitely not. Definitely not. We have another super chat. This one is from Gerald Bryant, who says, hey, guys, do you see Tessa Blanchard uh, as the next surprise in AEW? Could we see CM Punk finally make an appearance at All Out? Oh, my gosh. I feel like every single time it's like there's always the is CM Punk going to show up? Is CM Punk going to show up? I think at this point, I kind of I don't even know if I care anymore. Do you care? Okay, that's a whole I'll be talking for the next hour if we're going to (laughs) bring up that conversation. I'll just put it this way. I CM Punk was the worst fighter in UFC history by far. And I'm somebody who watches UFC religiously. I mean, I'm watching the UFC right now on my other screen as we do this. There's a main event fight happening. I do the watch alongs right here on Fight for the big shows. I love me some UFC and Punk's run was embarrassing. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't blame him for doing it. Like he has giant balls for even like taking these fights. Like I'm not saying anything about that. But my point is after seeing that, I started caring less and less about seeing him in pro wrestling because I was like, uh, like I don't really like maybe one big match or something would be kind of cool, but it's been so long now and AEW is in Chicago and it's like, I'm not going to lie right now. I am kind of excited to see him pop because the, the, the initial pop is what it's all about. Right? Like, I don't think anybody really cares that much about seeing CM Punk wrestle. They might. But what it's really about is seeing him in a building at a wrestling show with a live crowd and hearing that big initial reaction. Because what I'd also do, just to pull the curtain back a little bit on my thoughts, I'd turn CM Punk heel almost immediately and have him go up against like Hangman Page. Like have him help build your your new guys. But that all being said, um, you know, I, I for years I was very much like, I don't care if CM come, if he comes back or not. But I'm just now starting to kind of be like, you know what? It would be really, really cool if you showed up at All Out. And yeah, it would. I think it would be like something newsworthy. And I'm all here for like the news, the breaking news, especially because this has been such an overdue conversation, an overdue topic that I think at this point, it's like we either do it or we don't at, at this point. OK, um, so thank you so much to Gerald Bryant for sending in this super chat. All right. So let's talk about this match itself, because there were so much that went down here. So we saw, I mean, a whole lot of blood here. And I, for one, Love that type of stuff. Like I love the I, the, 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 the the gorier, the more violence, the more blood. That is what I subscribe to, Stephen. Like I am a fan of all of that stuff. So anyway, so we see um right off the top, right off the top, we see Sammy hit a pile driver on Kenny Omega. He brings out the weapons. He tries to stab Kenny Omega with a fork, but he ends up getting it on the turnbuckle. And then we see Sammy take out a pizza cutter and uh, essentially slices Kenny multiple times. Kenny is busted open. The guy is bleeding buckets. Uh, Kenny then hits him with a bunch of chairs and Sammy is just flipping him off. Like hit me more like, with you know, but flipping him off and whatnot. Kenny then hits him with the caution side with the caution sign. And that's another, uh, you know, fun moment there. Uh, we see Kenny do a moonsault with the uh, trash bin, but he kind of missed it. So that kind of sucks. That was probably like, the only moment that I was like, oh, that kind of didn't come out all that great, but it did not take away from the match whatsoever. We then see Kenny use the fork on Sammy and essentially we start to see all of this blood uh, continue to further uh, down Sammy's face. We then see Sammy hit Kenny with a pile driver onto the table. Then we see... 
Sammy powerbomb Kenny on the plywood. We see Sammy tombstone Kenny on the chair with the chair was wrapped with barbed wire. Then we see Kenny hit the spiked pile driver, but there is no referee. So a referee comes out, but it ends up being a two count. We see the good brothers, uh, Eddie Kingston and Chris Saban essentially fight off in the uh, off in the ramp by the stage area. Then we see Sammy take out the thumbtacks, but instead Kenny ends up tossing them in his face and hits him with a V trigger. Then we see Kenny essentially close Sammy Zane's nose to get his mouth open. Sammy Callahan, Sammy Zane. Sorry, what did I say? Sammy um, Zane. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sammy Callahan uh, closes his nose and gets his mouth open and puts the thumbtacks in there and then hits him with another V trigger. Then we see Kenny hit the one winged angel on Sammy um, with the thumbtacks as well. So there you go. That was the actual match. And I literally kind of like tried to like speed through all of this because so much happened that you literally have to check out this match itself because they just did so much stuff. They went out there and just got creative. They got brutal. They brought the violence. They brought the hardcore stuff in a very, very exciting way where like the entire time I knew that these men were these men were out there killing each other, right? Like brutalizing each other. But I didn't want to see this match end whatsoever. Like call me selfish. I wanted to continue. I could have seen this match for like a whole other hour because it was very, very uh, entertaining. So before we get to the post-match stuff, um, you know, I recounted some of the spots that we saw. Were any of those, like, particularly your favorites or any that you completely marked out for? Um, I mean, yeah, this match was nuts. Like like you mentioned, with the, I mean, whipping out the pizza cutter, like, right away, that's always going to set the tone. Um, that's a Nick Gage staple. That's like, you know, if you see a Nick Gage match, you're expecting to see a, a pizza cutter. Of course, this was Sammy Callahan, but Sammy Callahan is crazy. You know, going into this match, um, you know, I was very much in the camp of like, I don't really want to see Sammy Callahan be the guy against Kenny Omega. When you got guys like Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Willie Mack, so many of the others that we've talked about already, like they could have went in there and like, I think this would have been a big moment for them. Even if they lost to Kenny, just sharing the ring with him in a main event like this. That said, when they changed it to a no DQ match, I was like, okay, this is my feelings are starting to change because Sammy Callahan really thrives in this environment. Um, win or lose. And that's another thing that doesn't get brought up often over the last like two years, Sammy Callahan's only won on, on impact pay-per-view like one time. And it was against Sam Beal and basically a glorified squash match. So Sammy loses on pay-per-view over and over and over and over again, but he's still positioned as this guy who's world title challenger. Um, so I, the buildup, I wasn't huge on, but they did deliver. And one thing I will definitely say about Sammy Callahan to be 100% fair he tends to over deliver. It's very often that I go into a match of his thinking like uh, this probably be like a little bit better than average. And then it winds up being like incredible and it's on him and his opponent. It's a, it's a two person dance in there, but Sammy Callahan, I mean, he did exactly what he needed to do tonight. Um, that was a really, really damn good match. The spots were absolutely crazy. Um, I was actually surprised to hear you say you're so into that. Like, I, I not, you know, I didn't know that well, you were I, into like the deathmatch stuff. I think a lot of people are always surprised by that, and it's weird because every time we do get this type of stuff, like I'm always tweeting about it. But you know, there's always new people coming along that are, you know, just like you know, following me for the first time, so they don't know. But uh, I think it's, I think people get thrown off by that because I think the expectation is that, like, oh, she's a girl, so she's chances are, you know, she's not going to be into this stuff. And I feel like that maybe is like kind of like a uh just a, a predisposition thing that people would think somebody because i'm a female would would not be interested well, in this stuff but it's weird because 
a lot of females are very much into this stuff. And that's very true. And it isn't so much that you're a female. So it's like, you're a very bubbly female. You're like very, you know what I mean? You're very like, you're, I, I, I didn't expect you to come up yet. I love seeing people get so if I was sliced like, open with pizza cutters. If I was like gothic and I had like black hair and tattoos and piercings, would you expect me to be into the deathmatch type of stuff? I don't know. No, I mean, here's the thing. Like I go to a lot of, a lot of indie shows and a lot of the time when things start getting like uncomfortably violent, it's usually the women in the crowd that you're hearing, like screaming the loudest for it. Like you sick. I don't know how much I can say on here, but they, I, I, that's the voices you usually hear. And I see a lot of deathmatch stuff. You know, I, I, I watch GCW pretty religiously. I watch a lot of uh, ICW no holds barred stuff. That's very, very graphic, very, very violent. And it took me a long time as a, once again, like a 30 year wrestling fan or whatever, it probably took me up until the last couple of years to like really, get numb enough to some of the stuff that I see on like a regular basis now. So, um, so yeah, I didn't want it to come off like sexist, like women can't like deathmatch oh, wrestling. No. I, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't expect <laughs> to hear that. So I'm, 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 I'm actually really like pleasantly surprised to hear you say that. So, so this match is like right up your alley. Exactly. So people, people, I, I, I don't know how else to say it, but I think that and look, I'm just that person. Like I've literally been going to like PWG since I was in eighth grade. A lot of people don't not eat, don't know, don't, don't know that either. So I've been like third row for some like crazy stuff. And obviously, you know, some of their matches that, you know, involves like, you know, weapons and whatnot. So like, I think because I've been around that since I've been like at such a young age, like for me, it's not a big deal. Like I love it. Like the more, like I remember tell, I remember going home, like the first time I saw like a wrestler bleed, at a show and he passed by and I like touched his hand and I didn't realize how dangerous that was back then. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really know about like transmission or anything like that. But I went home and I told my mom, like I touched a bloody wrestler and she was like, Denise, that is so like not good. And this and that. And I was like, Oh mom, quit being a poop. This was great. You know? So like it's little things like that. But anyways, we're getting off topic, but we actually have a super chat from BFG 301 who says, so can, um, so we still believe Paige is going to get the AEW title from Omega. So um, yes or no? I think for me, I want to say yes, because I want to see it. But do you think so? It has to be. It has to be Hangman beating Omega for the title. It has to be. But I don't know if it happens at all out. So it's one of those things where he still might lose it all out. And, but like by the time like revolution rolls around or something, maybe that's the time, but I do fully expect hangman page to be the one to take the AW world championship from Kenny Omega. And this just goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's predictable. It's what all the fans expect to happen. But if they, if the story makes sense and the match is good, that's totally fine. That it's predictable. It's the right story. Sometimes in wrestling, just doing what makes sense is just the best thing to do. And in that case, AEW has been so good with long-term storylines. And there's always stuff brewing that you're seeing on TV weekly that you don't even realize ties into a story from like to like months from now. So yes, it's a short answer. I think Hangman Page beats Kenny Omega. I just don't know if it's at all out yet. And we have another super chat. This one is from C. Romero, who says, I sat right across from SRS at Slammiversary. His reactions during the Omega Sammy Callahan match were priceless. Wish I took pictures. Don't worry, C. Romero. We all saw them. Uh, Sean came out like a zillion times during that show. Um, 
let's see what else. We actually got another super chat here and I just got to find it for a second. Oh man. All right, here we go. This one is from Ryan Evans who says, uh, I fully expect we will see Brian Danielson debut with AEW in New York city. That is a bold prediction. And uh, then continues to say he will have a blast going to all of these places and, uh, all of these working relationships. Uh, do you feel as confident as Ryan does in this? Cause I don't personally, I don't, but what do you think? I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like it's a possibility. He's got, he's got a real, he's got two, two roads right in front of him. He's got the, the cushy lifelong WWE will always be a part of the company, always get paid well and be a part of the system for the rest of his life option, which I wouldn't fault him for taking at all. Or he has the wrestle all these people who grew up, you're their hero. You're going to get final countdown back as your walkout music. The fans are going to love everything that you do in that company. And we could get Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. That would be insane. So like, I want to see it really, really, really badly. I would mark out so hard to hear Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, come out to Final Countdown again. I would be marking out so hard. So I want to see it. Does it happen? I don't know. But I'm going to lean, I'm going to say 70-30 that he does show up in AEW. 70-30. 70-30. That's not too bad. All right. Thank you so much to Ryan for sending in this super chat here. All right. So let's talk about what happened during this post-match. I know obviously we talked about it, uh, you know, at the top of the show, but we might as well just recap a little bit of this here. Uh, so post-match here, uh, we see Jay White come out, obviously the never open weight champion. He comes out and uh, we essentially see the Good Brothers and Don Callis all put up the, you know, two sweet sign and we're wondering, is he going to join up with them? What's going to happen? That moment there lingers for a bit and we're all waiting in anticipation we see somebody's body coming through and bam the feed ends it's gone out of our screens and everybody's thinking wtf what just happened uh so and then i mentioned this at the top that uh uh sean ross Sapp tweeting tweeted juice and finley came out and attacked uh switchblade switchblade hit his finish on juice and ducked out um so now we essentially we don't the cliffhanger here is is Jay White essentially partnering up with uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. We don't know. Steven, do you have any predictions? I feel like he won't join them. I feel like if we're going to get Jay White, then there's a really good chance we're going to get the Gorillas of Destiny and, and the others from the Bullet Club. And I know they, they're always teasing it, right? Like I see Tama Tonga and Prince Devitt or um, Finn Balor, like, like talking to each other, like often they're like interacting and like always kind of teasing, like, because uh, Tama Tonga, to be honest, I think would be a great addition to the WWE. Um, and he would have been for, for years. Um, so I wouldn't be like upset to see him go that route. If that's where he wound up. But I feel like this really lays the groundwork for like the bullet club versus the elite. And then you also have Cody who, who like, is going to have to choose a side probably at some point in that because he's been really far removed from all those stories, but it's inevitable that he'll get back into that at some point. So um, so my prediction, I guess, is that it'll be Jay White and his group against Kenny and his group. I would like that too. And I feel like based on how things ended, it kind of feels like if they were going to, you know, if he was going to, automatically you know join up with them i think that they would have done it instead of you know possibly this being a purposeful uh way to end the show again i'm still not fully convinced on that uh it'll be the great mystery at least for this weekend as to what the hell really happened there so uh steven overall i mean last thoughts on the show as a whole i thought it was great last thoughts thought it was great if i was on the if i was going like on a like a scale of 
10, like, like out of 10, what do I think it was? And I'm going on like the one bite, uh, Dave Portnoy type pizza rating scale on the decimal points. I'm going to say this was like a, uh, this was like a solid 7.8 out of 10, which is, which for me is a really good score. Like, I mean, you gotta be like best show I've ever seen to get like in the nines. You know what I'm saying? So like, I thought this was a pretty, pretty damn good show. Well, if you're rating it a 7.8, I'll rate it a seven, a seven, exactly a seven, because again, there were some things that I think could have been better uh, some matches that I think could have been better, but really, honestly, that main event, that ultimate X match, that, uh, you know, Moose Chris Saban match really were the, uh, and you know, obviously that moment with Deanna Perazzo and Mickey James, they really were like the meat of this show that really just took it to that next level and everything else could have, you know, could have been better, but for the most part, they gave us enough, especially with that main event and that opening match where it felt like I got my money's worth okay so i feel like the show was good and it, i think it lived up to you know the expectations that people had but steven uh we have been chatting for way over an hour and we are on well i'm on a flat rate here for an hour so we gotta wrap this show up so thank you guys so much for tuning in but before we go uh steven feel free to plug in anything you'd like to plug in before we wrap up this stream well, thank you, Denise, for carrying the load for this show. This was very, very awesome. I love doing the show, me and you together. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, if you if you want to uh, follow the stuff that I do, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Fightful, of course. Fightful Select. You can listen to the Weekender podcast. I record it every Sunday. I talk the world of indie wrestling, uh, pretty much anything that isn't WWE or like super mainstream, I guess, is I cover stuff on independentwrestling.tv. If you want to check out iwtv.live or independentwrestling.tv, use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, all is one word with no space. Put that in the promo code spot, it helps me out a lot. Um, but I do the uh, the Weekender once again every Sunday, so I'll have a new episode tomorrow. I'll give some additional thoughts on this anniversary show, as well as recap NWA, Ring of Honor, um, MLW, uh, various indie shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't watched the product in quite a while, but WWE's Money in the Bank is tomorrow. So I'll be going on Jesse Davin's YouTube channel tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So if anyone happens to see this, wants to join 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, me and Jesse doing some Money in the Bank pickums, And we have a free entry for Wrestle Rumble to give away too for their contest. So join us, win some free stuff. And everything else that I do, I'll just keep updated on my Twitter at FightTalk underscore F-I-G-H-T. T-A-L-K underscore. So thanks again, Denise. This is awesome. Fantastic. I love doing this show with you too. And thankfully we weren't in 360 degrees <laughs> this time. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Please do not forget to give this video a like. Subscribe to the channel. What are you waiting for? Make sure to subscribe and also subscribe to FightfulSelect.com for all of the, get all of your breaking news and wrestling like right away. Uh, so make sure you guys subscribe FightfulSelect.com. And if you haven't already, please follow me on Twitter and or on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Also tomorrow, Sean, and I will be back here to talk about WWE Money in the Bank. So that's going to be a very fun show. So make sure you guys come and join us tomorrow. Until next time, I'm Denise Alcedo. This is Steven Jensen, and we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.